ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد سنو the last thing that we had discussed was regarding the congregational prayer and the topic in particular now was what happens when you join in the congregational prayer are you supposed to go behind the imam how far behind the imam those types of things when you're actually praying in congregation the sheikh says in the chapter bab fil ahkam allati tata'allaqu bil masbuq the rulings regarding the ones who joins the congregation late as-sahih min qawli al-ulama anna al-masbuq la yudriku salat al-jama'a illa bi-idraq raka'ah the most correct opinion of the scholars is that somebody who comes late and joins the congregation is only classed as having caught the congregation if he catches at least one raka'ah he catches at least the last raka'ah then he is considered to have caught the jama'ah and prayed in jama'ah meaning upon that opinion if you came at the last tashahhud and came and joined in technically you're not considered as having caught the jama'ah you missed all of the prayer even the last raka'ah has gone you're right at the end in the last tashahhud now so technically you haven't caught the jama'ah in that case the scholars they say you are considered to have caught the jama'ah if you catch at least the last full raka'ah which according to most of the scholars is the ruku'ah fa in adraka aqalla min dhalik lam yakun mudrikan lil jama'ah so if you catch less than that meaning you arrive right at the end when they have gone past the final ruku'ah of their prayer last raka'ah last ruku'ah they've done it now they're going down into prostrations or last tashahhud if you catch the prayer there you still join in you still join in yadkhul ma'al imam fi ma adrak wa lahu bi niyyatihi ajr al jama'ah you join still join and the sheikh says you'll get the reward for your intention of catching what you catch with the jama'ah kama idha wajadahum qad sallaw fa inna lahu bi niyyatihi ajra man salla fi jama'ah uh, even if you came in completely late missed it all together if you are somebody who is regular always coming and praying with the jama'ah but you happen to miss it one day something happens then you'll still get the reward inshallah wa tudrak ar-raka'ah bi-idraq ar-ruku' ala sahih how do you catch a raka'ah by catching at least from the ruku' onwards 
by catching at least from the ruku' onwards. And there is a difference of opinion about that. Some scholars say, to catch the raka'ah, you must catch what? The fatiha. They say, if you get there at the raka'ah, at the ruku', you miss the raka'ah, because you miss the fatiha. But the strongest opinion appears to be that as long as you catch the ruku', then you've caught that raka'ah. The hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, man adraka ruku' faqad adraka raka'ah. That whomsoever catches the ruku', then that person has caught the raka'ah. Rawahu Abu Dawood, walima fi sahih min hadith, Abi Bakrah, not Abu Bakr, Abu Bakrah, another companion. وَقَدْ جَاءَ وَالنَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فِي الرَّكُوعِ فَرَكَعَ دُونَ الصَّفِّ وَلَمْ يَأْمُرْهُ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ بِإِعَادَةِ الرَّكَعَةِ فَدَلَّ عَلَى الْإِجْتِزَاءِ بِهَا One of the proofs that the scholars they use, and we mentioned this before, one of the proofs they use to say, that the raku' raku' raka'a that catches you the raka'a is the hadith of Abu Bakr when Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhu on one occasion he came to the mosque late and when he got there their congregation were already in raku' so as he walked in from the back of the mosque and he saw them already in raku' he did the takbiratul ihram and went into raku' from the door and then started walking up to the line and joined in afterwards the prophet said to him may allah increase you in your enthusiasm but don't do that again some of the scholars they interpreted that as the ruku' from before joining the saf however the scholars have said the correct understanding is when the Prophet said to him, May Allah increase you in your enthusiasm, but don't do that again, don't do what again? Another explanation, don't run to the mosque. Because he was late, he had been running slightly. He had been running slightly, he was late. So the Prophet said to him, don't do that again, meaning don't run to the mosque. As for going into Ruku' from there and joining the Saf, his prayer was still valid. The Prophet ﷺ didn't say to him that raka'ah, you made the raku'ah before you even came to the saf, repeat the raka'ah. Did he say that to him? Didn't. Indicating that even from there when he did it and came and joined, his raka'ah was valid and correct. So this indicates if you catch at least the raku'ah, then your raka'ah is valid and it is acceptable. فَإِذَا أَدْرَكَ الْإِمَامُ رَاكِعًا So if you come in and you see the Imam in Ruku' already, the Jama'ah in Ruku' already, فَإِنَّهُ يُكَبِّرُ تَكْبِيرَةَ الْإِحْرَامِ قَائِمًا So you do the Takbiratul الْإِحْرَامِ Allahu Akbar whilst you are standing up. ثُمَّ يَرْكَعْ مَعَهُ بِتَكْبِيرَةٍ ثَانِيًا Then you do another Allahu Akbar to go into Ruku' that is better. That is better. 
But imagine you walk in and they are in ruku'ah. So you come in, you say Allahu Akbar, takbirat al-ihram, to start your prayer. And then from that you go straight into ruku'ah. You don't say Allahu Akbar again to go into ruku'ah. Allowed or not? Allowed or not? Sheikh bin Baz, he said, and Sheikh Al-Fawzan mentions, if you are tight for time, then okay. Like imagine you walk in, and as you walk in, everybody is already in ruku' fully. So as you walk in, you expect any moment, the Imam could say, Samia'allahu liman hamida and get up. Any moment. So you fear, you may miss the rak'ah. So you just say Allahu Akbar and go straight into ruku'ah. Fearing that any moment they may come up and you may miss it. In that case, just the first takbiratul ihram, Allahu Akbar, straight into ruku'ah is allowed. But imagine you walk in, just as you walk in, you hear the imam say Allahu Akbar and they start going into ruku'ah. So now you know you've got time. They've only just gone into ruku'ah as you've walked in. You know you've got time to say Allahu Akbar, then Allahu Akbar again and join them. Now you're safe, you know you're safe. In that case, do too. Sheikh bin Ba said, in that case, do too. But if you come in and you fear, you're not sure, you think you might miss it, any moment they may say, Sami Allahu liman hamidah, then just your takbiratul haram and go into the ruku'ah. وَإِذَا وَجَدَ الْمَسْبُوقُ الْإِمَامَ عَلَىٰ أَيِّ حَالٍ مِنَ الصَّلَةِ دَخَلَ مَعَهُ When you walk in late and the jama'ah congregation is already going on, no matter which part of the prayer they are in, you can just do your takbirat al-ihram and go into that part. Whatever part of the prayer they're in, you do the takbirat al-ihram and just join in. Don't say, okay, they're in sujood, let me just wait. They're going to come up and stand up, let me just wait for them to come up. You don't wait like that, don't wait. Whatever is happening when you walk in, takbirat al-ihram and just join in wherever they are. فَإِذَا سَلَّمَ الْإِمَامُ التَّسْلِيمَةَ الثَّانِيَةَ قَامَ الْمَسْبُوقُ لِيَأْتِيَ بِمَا فَاتَهُ مِنَ الصَّلَةِ وَلَا يَقُومُ قَبْلَ التَّسْلِيمَةِ الثَّانِيَةَ Then, you came late, you joined in, you missed a raka'ah or two. When the imam and the jama'ah are now going to say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, what are you going to do? What you missed, what left over. But here, the Shaykh says, when do you get up? So imagine you're on the last one with them. And the Imam says, Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. When do you get up? After the Imam says, Assalamu alaikum. Get up? Or do you have to wait? Assalamu alaikum, Assalamu alaikum. Both sides, then get up? When? Both sides? You have to wait for the Imam to fully finish. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Now you can get up after he does both sides. So what? After he does one side? So when he says Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, now you can start getting up before he gets to the second side? 
After both sides? Only one is enough? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. So which one, which? So if he's doing a two-sided one, you don't get up until he finishes the second side. But here, scholar, uh, scholars do say, here Sheikh Al-Fawzan says, and other scholars do say, normally with the taslimatain, you're right. The first one after you do it, you have technically now finished the prayer after the first one. However, here the Sheikh says, and other scholars do say as well, it is better you wait for both. Let him do that side, let him do that side, then get up. Let him do both. Don't just get up after the first. Because you are still following the Imam until he finishes. Until he finishes, you're in the Jama'ah with him. So he hasn't finished his prayer until he's done his second one as well. Even if it's Sunnah, he's still doing it. You still got to follow him until he completely finishes. So they say, follow him until he completely finishes. He's going to completely finish after the second side. So stay with him until the second side. Even if the prayer technically finishes after the first side, that isn't the point. The point is you are in the jama'ah behind the imam. Normally, everybody else who caught it from the beginning is going to do what? Both sides? Nobody's going to do one and just get up and go. Normally, you would do both sides. So they say this is the same. Same as normal. Do both sides. Then get up. So the sheikh says here as well, let both sides happen before getting up. وَمَا أَدْرَكَ الْمَسْبُوقُ مَعَ إِمَامِهِ فَهُوَ أَوَّلُ صَلَاتِهِ عَلَى الْقَوْلِ الصَّحِيحِ وَمَا يَأْتِ بِهِ بَعْدَ صَلَامِ الْإِمَامِ هُوَ آخِرُهَا When you catch the prayer, you join in, imagine you missed a couple of raka'at, you join in and that is your First raka'ah, even though the imam and the jama'ah may be on their third raka'ah. You join in as your first raka'ah. So when they finish, you carry on your prayer for what is left. Meaning, imagine this. Maghrib prayer. Maghrib prayer, you come in when they are on their first tashahud. So they finished Two raka'at already. They're on their tashahud. You walk in just when they finish their tashahud and they're getting up and you join. So all you've caught is the last raka'ah of maghrib with the imam. You have caught the last raka'ah of maghrib with the imam. That's your first raka'ah. After the imam finishes, you get up and do your second raka'ah. So at the end of that one, you sit down. And do tashahud. Then you get up and do your third one and sit down and do tashahud to finish your prayer. So you have now prayed a prayer where you have done three tashahud in a row. 
This is sometimes one of those trick questions they ask. Which type of prayer do you pray when you do a tashahud in every rak'ah? Which prayer do you pray when you do tashahud in every rak'ah? This one. When you come and join the Maghrib late on the last rak'ah, that's your first one. At the end of it, what's going to happen? You're going to do tashahud because the jama'ah are on their last rak'ah tashahud. Then you get up and do your second rak'ah. Maghrib, second rak'ah, you're going to do your tashahud. Then you get up and the last one, you're going to do your tashahud. Three rak'at, three times tashahud. Because you're making your first rak'ah. When you catch the imam, that is your first rak'ah. And then you just finish off what is left afterwards. Uh, and that is due to the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Whatever you missed, then finish it at the end. So you join in as your first rak'ah. Whatever you missed, you finish it at the end. وَإِذَا كَانَتِ الصَّلَاةُ جَهْرِيَّةُ وَجَبَ عَلَى الْمَأْمُومِ أَنْ يَسْتَمِعَ لِقِرَاءَةِ الْإِمَامِ وَلَا يَجُوزُ لَهُ أَنْ يَقْرَأَ وَإِمَامُهُ يَقْرَأَ لا سورة الفاتحة ولا غيرها لقوله تعالى وَإِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنُ فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُ وَأَنْصِتُوا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ if you come in to pray and it's one of the loud prayers, which is Fajr or Maghrib or Isha, you come in late, let's say Isha, you come in on the second raka'ah, for example, and the Imam, as you walk in, is just saying, Waladhalin, Ameen, as you walk in. So by the time you get to the row and start, the Imam is now going to be reading some surah of the Qur'an. He's finished his Fatiha, he's going to be reading some surah of the Qur'an now. So when you join in, what are you supposed to do? Hmm. Here, as Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, when you join in, you're not supposed to read Surah Al-Fatiha. You're supposed to listen to the Imam reading. And it's not allowed for you to read yourself as the Imam is reading. That is what the Shaykh mentions here. وَجَبَ عَلَى الْمَأْمُومِ أَنْ يَسْتَمِعَ لِقِرَاءَةِ الْإِمَامِ You have to listen to the recitation of the Imam. لَا يَجُوزُ لَهُ أَنْ يَقْرَأْ وَإِمَامُهُ يَقْرَأْ Not allowed for you to read whilst the Imam is reading. So in that instance, you must listen due to the ayah of the Qur'an where it mentions that you listen. فَلَوْ أَنَّ الْقِرَاءَ تَجِبُ عَلَى الْمَأْمُومِ لَمَّا أُمِرَ بِتَرْكِهَا لِسُنَّةِ الْإِسْتِمَاعِ لَمَّا أُمِرَ بِتَرْكِهَا لِسُنَّةِ الْإِسْتِمَاعِ وَلِأَنَّهُ إِذَا انْشَغَلَ الْمَأْمُومُ بِالْقِرَاءَ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِجَهْرِ الْإِمَامِ فَائِدَةٌ وَلِأَنَّ تَأْمِينَ الْمَأْمُومِ عَلَى قِرَاءَةِ الْإِمَامِ يُنَزِّلُ مَنْزِلَةَ قِرَاءَتِهَا فَقَدْ قَالَ تَعَالَ لِمُوسَى وَهَارُونَ قَدْ نَعَمْ Here now the Shaykh he says فَلَوْ أَنَّ الْقِرَاءَ تَجِبُ عَلَى الْمَأْمُومِ If it was obligatory for the one praying behind the Imam What word do they use for ma'moom in there? In the English? What word do they use for the English ma'moom? 
the one who is praying behind the Imam, the one being led by the Imam. The bit where it says, if the prayer is a loud prayer, if the prayer is a loud prayer, then it is obligatory upon the one being led by the Imam to listen to the recitation of the Imam. You found it? Okay. So, follow if it was obligatory upon the one behind the Imam to have to read, then he wouldn't have been commanded to leave uh, the Sunnah of listening. And if the one behind the Imam is doing his own reading, then there's no point to the Imam reading out loud. You're not listening to the Imam. This comes back to the issue of reciting Fatiha. Remember there were three opinions. One opinion was that in the, that in the prayers, everybody has to always read Fatiha. Another opinion was that you don't have to. You don't have to read it. One opinion, you just don't have to read it. Now, uh, this is all about the ma'moom, the one in the congregation, remember. The imam and by yourself, always you have to read it. This is always about in congregation. One opinion was you don't have to read it. But the third opinion was, in the quiet prayers you have to read it, but in the loud prayers, you don't. And that is the opinion typically Sheikh Fawzan leads to. And that's why he's saying the same thing here. If you walk into a congregational prayer late, loud prayer, then you don't read whilst the imam is reading. You've joined, you've caught the raka'ah anyway because before the ruku'ah, so it catches anyway, it catches anyway. You don't need to recite it there because it is a loud prayer and the imam has recited that raka'ah's worth and you've caught the raka'ah. So that is what he is saying there. Other scholars of course will say, in that instance you have to read the fatiha otherwise your raka'ah won't count. Some scholars say you've got to do the fatiha part otherwise the raka'ah doesn't count. As for joining a prayer late, which is a quiet prayer. Or for some reason you can't hear the Imam. Then you read the Fatiha. In the quiet prayer, you come in late, read the Fatiha. And that's how the evidences come together. The Shaykh says about the Fatiha, whether you have to read it or not. In the loud prayers you don't, in the quiet prayers you do. وَمِنْ أَحْكَامِ صَلَاةِ الْجَمَاعَةِ الْمُهِمَّةِ وُجُوبِ اقْتِدَاءِ الْمَأْمُومِ بِالْإِمَامِ بِالْمُتَابَعَةِ التَّامَلَةِ وَتَحْرِيمُ صَابَقَتِهِ لِأَنَّ الْمَأْمُومُ مُتَّبِعْ لِإِمَامِهِ مُقْتَدٍ بِهِ وَالتَّابِعْ الْمُقْتَدِي لَا يَتَقَدَّمْ عَلَى مَتْبُوعِهِ وَقُدْوَتِهِ Another one of the important rulings when you're praying in congregation is that it is obligatory for the ma'moom, the person who is in the jama'ah behind the imam, to follow behind the imam and not to go ahead of him. You must stay behind the imam, behind his actions. Do not go ahead of him. Because you in the congregation are following the Imam. 
In the hadith it mentions, إِنَّمَا جُعِلَ الْإِمَامُ لِأُتَمَّ بِهِ The imam has been made, has been put there to be followed. So you follow and stay behind the imam. How do you follow someone? By staying behind them. You can't follow someone if you're ahead of them. You have to stay behind them to follow them. So that is one of the conditions. You must stay behind. In a hadith it mentions, أَمَا يَخْشَى أَحَدُكُمْ إِذَا رَفَعَ رَأْسَهُ قَبْلَ الْإِمَامِ أَنْ يُحَوِّلَ اللَّهُ رَأْسَهُ رَأْسَ حِمَارِ أو يَجْعَلَ صُورَتَهُ صُورَةَ حِمَارِ in this hadith, which is in Al-Bukhari, a Muslim, muttafaqun alayh, the Prophet وسلم, said, Do you not fear? Aren't you afraid? That if you go ahead of the Imam, Allah may change your head into the head of a donkey, or change your appearance into the appearance of a donkey. Why could that happen if you go Faster than the Imam. If you go faster than the Imam, you are in the Ruku'ah. The Imam doesn't even say, Sami' Allahu liman hamida, and already you start coming up. Who told you to come up? The Imam hasn't even done it yet. Or when you're standing up now, the Imam just says, Allah, he gets to that part, where are you? MashaAllah, already in sajda. He says, Allah, and the person is already in sujood. Imam is still standing up. You can't go ahead like that. Wait for the Imam. If he says, Allahu Akbar, goes down into sujood, wait for him, then follow him. The Prophet said, aren't you afraid? Your head may be turned into the head of a donkey. Your appearance may be made into the appearance of a donkey. If you go ahead of the Imam and go faster than the Imam. And one of the things the scholars, they say, look, why are you such in such a rush? Why are you in such a rush to go ahead of the Imam? At the end of the prayer, at the end of the prayer, you're not going anywhere until the Imam says, Assalamu alaikum. You're not going anywhere until he gives the taslim. So what's the point of going ahead of him during the prayer? At the end of it, you can't go anywhere until he gives the taslim. So stay with him. Stay with him and stay behind. Going fast doesn't benefit you whatsoever because at the end you're going to have to wait anyway until he gives the salam. So it's not like you're going to be able to finish early and go. What's the point? Why are you doing it? So the scholars, they say, you must stay behind the imam. Mm. Here it says, when they used to come out of Rukua, and then the Prophet used to say, Allahu Akbar, and he used to go down into sujood, it mentions the Sahaba wouldn't even start going into sujood until the Prophet ﷺ had gone in to the prostration. They would wait until the Prophet ﷺ goes all the way down, then they would start going down. What do the majority of people do now? Majority of the people now, as soon as the Imam says, Allahu Akbar, that's it. Some of them even get to the sujood before the imam gets down there. Wrong. Wait for the imam.
Exactly. You have to wait for the Imam to say Allahu Akbar and wait for him to do the action and go into the action before you follow. You don't just follow exactly. That's why the scholars, they say there are four circumstances. Four scenarios. Scenario number one is that you go ahead of the Imam. Before he even comes up, says Sami Allah, already you're standing up, he hasn't even come up. You've gone ahead of him. Wrong, not allowed, impermissible. Second scenario is, you go equal with him exactly. As he says, Sami Allah Liman Hamida and comes up, you're coming up exactly at the same time as him. When he gets up, you have got up. When he says Allahu Akbar and he goes down into prostration, you are going along with him exactly as soon as his head touches, your head touches. You're going exactly at the same as him. Scholars say that is not correct either. You shouldn't be going exactly at the same time as the Imam. Third scenario, you're going just behind the Imam. He goes first, then you follow behind, just behind him. That is the correct one. What is the fourth scenario then? That's going too fast. That's the first one. When you go too fast, then you go ahead of him. The second one, you're equal to him. The third one, you're just behind him. What could be the fourth one? Too slow. So the Imam, he says, Allahu Akbar, and he goes into Rukur. Or different situation sujood is better imam says allahu akbar and he goes into the sujood he goes into the sujood the second one second prostration so everybody goes into the second prostration then the imam says allahu akbar and stands up he's maybe just done his first rakah stands up you mashallah the khushu'ah and how you want to pray, you're still in the sujood. Imam and everybody are standing up now. He's reciting, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. But you, MashaAllah, still in the sujood. He says, Waladdaleen Ameen. You, MashaAllah, still in the sujood. He finishes all the surah, says, Allahu Akbar to go into ruku'ah. This is your Allahu Akbar now to come up. Now your prayer invalid again. You missed the rakah. You're too slow behind. Huh? He to kick him. Maybe he fell asleep. Ah. Yeah, this is the common one. So maybe an imam, sometimes they're a bit quick. Maybe they finish the fatiha and they go into ruku' and you're still finishing your fatiha. You can't just stand there for so long. If the imam says, Sami'allahu liman hamida before you Start going, you've missed your rak'ah. So yes, okay, try and keep up. Try and keep up and you got to keep up with the imam. If you miss one of the positions, you've missed the rak'ah then. So you have to keep up with the imam. You can't be so far behind. Some of the imams, it's not possible to pray behind them. Because they don't pray properly. They don't pray properly. They go too fast, you cannot keep up. You cannot finish your fatiha. You cannot do anything. They are going so fast. They finished all the prayer, still on your second rak'ah. So with those imams, you can't pray behind them. It's impossible. What, you can, what can you do? You have to go find somewhere where you can pray properly. So then, لَمَّا 
لما رأى عمر رضي الله عنه رجلا يسابق الإمام ضربه Shall we show how it happened? Ah. ضربه وقال لا وحدك صليت ولا بإمامك اقتديت Umar ibn Khattab he saw a man going ahead of the imam going ahead of the imam so what did he do to him? he hit him hit him he said neither have you prayed by yourself because you were in the jama'ah you haven't prayed with yourself and neither have you prayed behind the imam what have you done? in the jama'ah going ahead of the imam you're in the jama'ah so it's not like you're praying alone but at the same time in the jama'ah you're not even following the imam neither have you prayed alone nor have you followed the imam so he hit him that's what we have to do if somebody messes about then وَهَذَا شَيْءٌ يَتَسَاهَلُ فِيهِ أَوْ يَتَجَاهَلُهُ بَعْضُ الْمُصَلِّينَ فَيُسَابِقُونَ الْإِمَامُ وَيَتَعْرَضُونَ لِلْوَعِيدِ الشَّدِيدِ بَلْ يُخْشَى أَلَّا تَصِحَّ صَلَاتُهُمْ This is what many people they are very slack with, they don't care about. Many people don't seem to care about this and they go ahead of the imam and so they are putting themselves in line for a severe threat, the threat about the donkey. And it is possible that prayer may not even be valid if they do that. Many of the scholars, they say your prayer is invalid if you go ahead of the imam. Your prayer is invalid if you go ahead of the imam. In Sahih Muslim, the Prophet ﷺ said, لا تسبقوني بالركوع ولا بالسجود ولا بالانصراف don't go ahead of me in the rukur, don't go ahead of me in the sujood, and don't go ahead of me in leaving. So everything behind the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He was a scholar. Is he alive now? When was he alive? How many years ago? 368. Uh-huh. So he was alive more than that. Maybe now, what is it, seven, four, 700 years ago. 700 years ago, approximately one of the big scholars, Ibn Taymiyyah, you hear his name. Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah. So Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, he said, Rahimahullah, Musabaqatul Imam haram bittifaq al-a'imma. Going ahead of the Imam is haram by agreement of the scholars. Agreement. Nobody, no scholar says you're allowed to go ahead of the Imam. Agreement of the scholars, it is haram to go ahead of the Imam. It is not permissible for anybody to do ruku' before the Imam. Neither to come out of ruku' before the Imam. وَلَا يَسْجُدْ قَبْلَهُ Neither to go into prostration before the Imam. وَقَدْ اسْتَفَاضَتِ الْأَحَدِيثِ عَنَّ بِسَى سَلَّمْ بِنَعِيَ عَنْ ذَلِكَ And there are multiple narrations everywhere. Lots and lots of hadith from the Prophet ﷺ telling us about the prohibition of going ahead of the Imam. 
وَمُسَابَقَةُ الْإِمَامِ تَلَاعُبٌ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ بِبَعْضِ الْمُصَلِّينَ حَتَّى يَخِلُّ بِصَلَاتِهِ When a person goes ahead of the imam, it's the shaitan playing around with you. Shaitan playing around with you, making you go ahead, making you rush, trying to be quick. Shaitan is playing around you, making your prayer deficient. Otherwise the shaykh says, what are you going to get out of going ahead of the imam? لأنه لا يخرج من الصلاة إلا بعد صلاة الإمام You're not going to come out of the prayer until the imam does the final taslim. فيجب على المسلم أن يتنبه لذلك وأن يكون ملتزما لإحكام الاعتمام والاقتداء And so a Muslim needs to pay attention to that and be aware of the rules of following the Imam and don't go ahead of the Imam. That's the chapter up to there. Any questions on that? Mm -hmm. Okay, good question. A person comes in late and the Jama'ah, the congregation, are in their second raka'ah of Isha, for example. So... When you come in and join and you say, Allahu Akbar, do you read Dua'ul Istiftah, the opening supplication, like for example, Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika? Do you read all of that at the beginning when you join late? No. When you join late, you don't do that. You have no time. You have joined late, you have joined into the prayer, you don't have time to do that. So you don't do that. Go straight into the, uh, the part where they are in. The only time that may be possible, possibly, is in the quiet prayer. You join and you happen to join uh, at the beginning of the raka'ah. Or maybe they were in the sujood when you joined. So when they get up, you may... Uh, no, not in the sujood. You join right at the beginning of the raka'ah. You happen to walk in. When they are starting just at the beginning of the second rak'ah, that's your first rak'ah. You may have time, you think. Maybe. But really, there's no need for doing that. No need for doing that. Start with the al-isti'adha uh, and the uh, fatiha. Ah, yeah, afterwards you make it loud. Yeah. So imagine now if you miss the uh, fajr prayer, one rak'ah. You missed one raka'ah of the fajr prayer. You came and joined in the second raka'ah, you caught it. So when you get up, you're going to have to make up one raka'ah. This prayer though is a loud prayer. So when you make up your raka'ah, are you supposed to make it up out loud? Doing adhkar and things, you don't want to disturb them. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Difference of opinion, that's an easy answer. Fi qawlan. Anything else? If somebody? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Different, okay. So, the scholars, they say these things, you're right. If you're not going to disturb people, then yes, make it a little bit audible. Because this is a loud prayer. So if you're not going to disturb people, make it a little bit audible. Uh, say it out loud. But if you're going to disturb people, imagine you're the only one. 
You're the only one who is late. Everybody else finished now doing adhkar, everything, and you're going to be reading out loud. So just keep it quiet. Keep it slightly quiet. Don't disturb the people, but if it's possible, then yes, try to make it audible because it is an audible prayer. It is a prayer that you do loud. Radish? Uh huh. Uh, well, this one about, you know, the, if somebody dies in a different country. The janaza prayer, can you do it here in the absence of the body? The absent janaza prayer. The absent janaza prayer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's something the scholars, they talk about and there are some instances they mention. One of the things they mention is, when it's definitely allowed, definitely, is when a Muslim dies somewhere and nobody has done the janazah on them, then you can do definitely the Salat al-Ghaib. The janazah in ab, uh, absentia or whatever they call it. Hmm? Absentia. The janazah in absentia, meaning the body isn't there. What's an example of that? What's the proof? Najashi. When Najashi died, he was in the land of the Christians. Nobody prayed janazah on them, so they prayed janazah, but was his body there? Ah. So they say in that instance, definitely you can do it. But what about if they did the janazah? Somebody dies, they did the janazah there. Can you do the absent janazah now as well? This is difference of opinion. But then the Prophet went and prayed at her grave. So it wasn't the absentia one. That's, uh, he went to the grave. That is a different situation. Imagine you missed the janazah. Imagine somebody in the community died. And you were away traveling on business. And then you came back. And you never got to pray the janazah. on one of the members of the community in Bolton who died. You can go to their grave afterwards and pray the janazah again. You can go do your own janazah. Another prayer. You missed the first one. That's at the grave. But this is now, imagine somebody dies in another country, they do the janazah there. Can you do another one here? It's a difference of opinion. Some scholars, they say it's allowed, some say it's not allowed, because it's already been done. They say if it's been done, one janazah, you don't do two janazah. But others, they say it's allowed. That's a difference of opinion. (laughs) Allah, I know about these issues. These ones we can see what the scholars in the, uh, mention about those types of scenarios. If the people who prayed upon him were mubtadi'ah and there was no one from Ahlul Sunnah who prayed upon him, what's the scenario? Allah, we'll have to look into that. We can try and ask some questions about that. Ah. To combine the prayer, the, mm. the Yeah. No, when you combine, the scholars say after the combination you pray it all. If you combine, you don't do Maghrib and then the Sunnah of Maghrib, then the Isha, that's not combining like that. Combine Maghrib and Isha and then you can do afterwards what you need to do. That's what the scholars say. It would appear to be that you keep them in order. So you do the Maghrib first and the Isha. But normally, the problem is normally if you're combining, you won't need to. If you're traveling and you're combining, you don't need to pray those. Uh, rain, rain maybe, rain. Perhaps then after the end of the Isha, you do them in order. 
That's why they say adhkar too. All the adhkar, you just do them at the end. You don't do them at the end of Maghrib. You just combine, do the adhkar at the end. No, this doesn't matter. This is not the, the point of it. When you join together in a row, you're standing side by side with the Imam, you could be taller than the Imam. When you're going to prostration or even in Rukua, you're going to be ahead of the Imam. But that, that isn't the, the purpose or the meaning of the staying behind the Imam. That doesn't mean you're going to take a step back to make the prostration or take a step back to make the Rukua. That isn't the purpose because the lining up of the row anyway is upon the heels not the feet and the front of the body. So that isn't the issue there. You're in line with the Imam, you happen to be taller, that isn't the issue. What was the homework going? What was it? What was homework? How many angels? That was uh, two months ago. <laughs> Same homework every week, a different one now. Eh? You gave the answer last time. Anything else on this topic? Ah. Yes, at home you can read out loud. Yeah? Yes, you can do the adhan, you can do the iqama, and then you pray normal as you would if you've missed. That's what the narrations indicate when the Prophet and the companions, if they ever missed or they were traveling somewhere. Then they would do the adhan, the iqama, and pray normal. Even if you're outside of the mosque. Pray normal. Not even by yourself. Even by yourself, you can do it. The adhan, the iqama, the scholars, they say generally it is the sunnah. You just do it before the prayer, it's possible. You don't have to. It doesn't invalidate your prayer. You're at home, you miss the prayer, you can just pray. You don't have to do the adhan, iqama. You don't have to do that. It's not necessary. But you can read out loud, and your prayer is valid. But it doesn't make the prayer invalid if you miss it. Ah, it doesn't make it invalid. But the scholars generally say it is sunnah to do it. But it wouldn't invalidate if you missed it. Many people, they don't do it. If you miss the uh, mosque, at home they just pray. Nobody thinks of doing iqama and adhan. The prayer would be valid. But it is sunnah that you do it. Hmm. Let's say usually. Uh-huh. 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 That's what we said before, if you regularly come to the congregational prayer, one day something happens and you miss, then inshallah you still get the full reward of it. Go on. Sisters is going to come next week. Next week is the chapter about the sisters. Women and prayer and going to the mosque, it's all about the sisters. Go on. Uh, well, this again, if you look into the books, some of them do mention as a four, but most of them say two, two. If you pray four, normal, with the tashahud after the second. Uh, if, if it's four, it's four. It's not four without uh, tashahud in the middle, normal, with the tashahud in the middle. Yeah, that's what you should normally do, but if you pray the four, if you do all four, then normal. After second one, you do tashahud, get up and normal, if you do four. Most are uh, 2-2. Two, two. From what I know, it is 2-2 two, two more, more established. Mm. No, you shouldn't. Join into the sujood. 
Make your takbir and join in. There's no point. You don't wait. Here the Shaykh said, don't wait. Wherever you catch them, just join in to where they are. If they, like if they come out of Ruku'ah, you give your takbir, and that's, that's where you are, or that's where you are, depending on your opinion. No, nothing. If, if they've come up, they have come up, you do your takbir, and then you are just there with them, here or here, and then they're going to sujood, that's it. There's nothing else to say on top of that. When you're praying, you're supposed to line up the rows. The Sahaba used to line up the rows by joining their ankles. Mentioned, there are narrations, as Shaykh Al-Thameen says it. They used to join their ankles, the Salaf. Because when you start joining your ankle and your heel, then all of the heels will be in line. So when you look at the back of the row, it's all going to be straight. Because everybody's heel is next to everybody's heel. So joining like that is good. And also that means you're blocking off any possible gaps in the row. No more gaps. There are narrations about not leaving gaps. So you do that. That's all good. If a person next to you doesn't know that and you put your foot next to theirs, they think, oh, what's going on here? And they move away. So then you put your foot again. Then they think, what's They move away again. Then you push it more. Then in the end, you're going to be stood with your legs like this. Wrong. You don't do that. Join the feet. If the person next to you moves away, you realize they don't get it, then that's it. You leave it. You don't start going after them again. You don't. You join. If they start moving away, they don't get it. You just stay where you are in natural position then. You don't start chasing after to join and join and join them. That is something incorrect and it does disturb the people. Hmm. If you generally just stand wide and open, that's wrong. Because when you stand, you're supposed to stand natural. If somebody says to you stand up, somebody says to you stand up, you don't naturally stand up with your legs like this. You naturally just stand up normal. Shaykh al says when you stand, you stand in your normal standing. When you stand normally, do you stand like this with your feet next to each other? Uh-uh. Do you stand like that? Uh-uh. You stand normal. So you should stand normal, not so widespread with your legs. Anything else? It's impossible to say about the after record. Difference of opinion on that one, it's a huge topic. Hmm. Like this? No, they, 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 they say, they say, uh-uh, in the, in the, they say, if it is in the Hanafi Madhab, they say. Uh, I didn't read it in, if it is true. Because you know, many things, many things. They say it is from Al-Imam Abu Hanifa, it is not. So Allah alam. But they say, your feet cannot have a gap of more than arba' sabi'ah. So this gap only. If you're more than that, they say your prayer wrong, you didn't stand right. Your feet have to only be maximum width, four fingers. That's what they say. Allahu alam if it is in the madhab or not really, but that's what they say. But it's incorrect. There's no proof for that. There is no proof for the four fingers gap. The Prophet used to stand normal standing. Absolutely. The purpose of the garlic is the bad smell 
Smoking is exactly the same. The only difference is, in fact, smoking is worse because it is haram. Eating garlic isn't haram. This is even worse. The Sheikh al he mentioned it. The one who smokes, exactly the same ruling as that. Then, but, but the only problem is he is going to get sinned for missing. He's not allowed to miss the prayer. He's not missing it. And he, he's causing harm with his smoking. It's haram to smoke. It's not makruh like people say. Haram. Uh, uh. I don't uh, Allah alam. Allah alam about uh, huh? Somebody has a ba- to move out and go to a different part of the road? Mm-hmm. Okay. So to move out, walk across and join the road on the other side. Sheikh Al Thamil mentioned it. Okay. Okay, okay. Mm, no, it's true, it's true, it's true. No, it's true, you're right. <laughs> it's true, it's true. It's true, it's true. Have, where's all the, you know, the fragrances? You have them here, you know? Just put the big sign, take for free. Everybody, you know? Inshallah. So we'll have to leave it there for this week. Next week we'll start the new chapter, which is about the women... The prayer of the women in the mosques. Everybody who try to get the book, look at the book. Show the book to everyone. This book, it's in English, what we're doing. Everybody can try and get a copy of this book in English. It's available. What is it, 10, 15 pounds or something? 20 pounds, okay. So get this book. It's the one we're doing now. This is the English version of it. So even uh, we're going to do uh, a few more chapters you can follow. Even afterwards, you've got it in your house. You can read it. It's beneficial. Huh? We'll conclude there anyway, carry on next week, inshallah.